to episode number four of Locks Paper Scissors podcast. My name is Clark Fralick, and sitting next to me is, and behind me is Captain Cardboard by God. Today we are podcasting from inside the mobile studio, also known as Katie's Kia. What is it? Sorrento. Sorrento. As we drive 65 miles an hour towards Ball State University to attend a roundtable discussion on choice-based art education slash tab. To know Katie a little better and how she got her start in teaching artistic behavior and some insights into her tab program. So Katie, tell us about your journey to tab. Since it's not taught in mainstream art education, how did you come across it? Well, I was at a PD event at the IMA, and I ran into this lovely lady, Chapin Schnick, and we sat down and we, we started. Love oh, yes, we do. We sat down and started talking about everything from stop motion animation to tab, and she suffered through all my questions about how it runs and what it looks like, and she hooked me up with the group, and then I went and visited you, Clark. The rest is history. I'll never go back. It's history? Yeah. So how long ago was that? Goodness, that was probably only three or four years ago. Katie, I, I remember uh, you were you were uh, posting images uh, from your s students on uh, one of our forums, and um, you just took tab of the philosophy and the structure of TAB, and you ran with it, and um, you're very successful introducing it into your school, and um, uh, is there, was, were there any, um, <laughs> were, can you tell us what you uh, told your administrators before you changed your art education program? preparer for everything so I, I had two principals at the time because I was split between two schools and I prepared an information packet with frequently asked questions and all the research I'd done summarized um, and presented that gave them a chance to read through it and met, met back again to answer questions I really tried to focus on the things at our building level that we had been talking about and how tab helps so we had been talking about a lot about the math process standards, and she, our principals have been encouraging us to find ways in the special areas to um, to help reinforce those ideas, uh -huh. and TAB does that beautifully. Um, it's a very natural and authentic connection instead of like, let's do a lesson about fractions. <laughs> um, and so it, it just, I, I honestly haven't had any negative feedback um, from administrators or parents I think my kids were ready for it. I think that's why I was able to dive right in. I, I think I always thought that the way I'd been taught to teach was kind of lame. I remember being a student and feeling frustrated by that. And um, so whenever af after I talked to Chapin and visited Clark, it just it all fell into place. And I just think my my kids were ready for it too. What was the uh, the one thing that that really struck a chord with you 
visiting tab and just learning about it, what was the you know, one thing or a few things that really struck a chord that really made you go, you know, this is, this is what I really want to do? Well, I had gotten an email around that time from, I don't know, some teacher in my district, and it was one of those emails that people always send our teachers, like the top ten reasons that art is important in education. And the, the first three were creative problem solving, collaboration, um, I the last one, uh, but they were just, I remember being struck by the idea that I'm not doing any of that right now. Like, my kids aren't being creative, they're not problem solving, they're not collaborating, it, that's not what we're doing. Uh, we'd like to remind the audience that Katie's also driving um, uh, down the interstate while we're <laughs> having this conversation, so uh, I'm impressed that we're able to, to get this information from Katie while she's driving us to Ball State. I know... Um, well, we're all pretty good at multitasking, so... <laughs> yeah, to be an art teacher, especially a tap teacher, where uh, where you are the maestro of a, of a creative orchestra, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know if that's a good metaphor to use, but, uh, you know, as inside of a tap program, sort of are a maestro, an orchestra conductor, and um, you, you know what materials to put in when, you know, knowing the children, uh, knowing which, uh, which kinds of materials and suggestions to make with different individuals always helps, and, um, and knowing what centers certain individuals like to work, uh, work at. Uh, a classroom experience, just like an, an orchestra conductor optimizes uh, a, a musical piece. That's that's kind of kind of the way a tap teacher works inside of a inside of a, a single classroom setting. But um, thinking about that, when when your kids were uh, were getting the hang of of the new art program, Katie, um, could is there do you think you might be able to share with the, the audience uh, some of uh, some interesting observations you made with kids? What kinds of um, projects you, you began uh, you, you began to see come from the children? Any kinds of attitude changes in, in the students you might have seen, or even some obstacles that you might have come across? Absolutely. Well, one I remember the day that I first decided to give it a try. We had. I think I always kind of function in this center mentality where we went from one material to the other and they were all, all the materials were always accessible to the kids. So I told them, all right, you know, you know all the materials now, do what you want to do with them. And there was, a, just that day was amazing because all of a sudden um, a different kind of student emerged and kind of got to stand out for their creativity and their, their critical thinking. Um, I, it used to be very much like the, the what do you the, like the teacher's pet, the little girls who want to be just like you and do everything. You know, they want to please you, and whatever you say is the right way. Um, those those students still do well, um, but we have the the wiggly boys who come with the behavior plans to the classroom. You know, those ones who are always being told no and. Um, that <laughs> we're having a photo shoot too, I guess. 
Um, those students all of a sudden emerge. I remember watching all these students do two-dimensional artworks and kind of mimic the sort of things we had done before. And then there was one student, this boy sat down on the carpet and made a three-dimensional castle out of tooled metal. Everyone was just in awe of this kid, and they wow. stood around him and celebrated him. And I just don't think he had very many moments like that in Aww. school. And so that's that kind of would seal the deal for me. I just wanted to see what more they had that would surprise me. That that is what uh, what I observed too. All of, all my kids who are having difficulty in regular classroom settings, the the tab classroom is a place for them to stand out. And, and a similar story that. You share uh, with the audience. I, I recall uh, a similar kind of student, Katie, uh, a boy who had just moved in and uh, he started experimenting with cardboard and um, he, he uh, built a, uh, a large castle. He was a fifth grade boy. And, uh, and the castle kept getting bigger and bigger. And um, and everybody in the classroom was amazed at this, this child's persistence. And uh, uh, you know, the, ca the ca castle just kept growing and growing. I was talking to the boy about his castle, and he says, yeah, my dad, he told me, he says, I always knew you were good with your hands. And that was a point of, of, of immense pride for that child, that his father recognized that uh, he was a builder. Uh, construction skills and I, I don't know what happened to that child he, he, he moved away from the school district and you know we do get children who are transitory uh, quite often in public education but uh, but I just remember that child having an immense sense of satisfaction being in the classroom and I don't think he would have had that opportunity to, to do what he did with his, his hot glue gun had, had we not had cardboard and learning opportunity for it. Well, I think at the, the root of it is the uh, self-motivation, the internal motivation of, you know, anybody is to learn. And as, you know, you're motivated by the things that you're interested in. Yes. And given the opportunity and tools and materials, you will, uh, you'll start to develop those, those interests, either through art making or painting or, you know, working with your hands. Um, those processes of solving problems and finding problems and are what make you know, the TAB classroom different than a teacher-centered classroom. Uh -huh. um, I had a, a student who was, he was in kindergarten at the time, and we been working on little activities to kind of break down some of the symbols that I saw being used over and over again so we were doing observation on different kinds of flowers and after we were done they you know it's just a little five minute thing but he decided to stick with that picture and he drew blood all over the flowers uh -huh. and he drew a, a person with a knife in his hand and so I sat down to talk to him about this like initially alarming <laughs> picture that I saw and he said, well, I saw Chucky this weekend with my dad. So this kindergarten student had seen this like terrifying movie that still scares me as an adult. Um, and I said, well, that sounds, that sounds really scary. I know that movie scares me, how do you feel? And he says, well, I was scared, 
but now Chucky only stabs flowers. And so I just thought, well, how powerful that this artwork was able to help him change the rules of this terrifying story in his mind and make him feel safe. And that, that to me, that was one of those moments that stood out that... That we see and observe children uh, engaging in catharsis uh, through their art making. And uh, that has everything to do, I believe, with the children being in control of the kinds of art that they're working on. So, so instead of a classroom where one has <clears throat> knowledge that could very well be irrelevant to the child, because, because there's the, the, the feature of control for the student embedded in the experience, the children can pinpoint exactly what it is they want to work on it. And so, um, so, th so the children are engaging in all kinds of learning that's important to them. And so, um, more often than not, you have a classroom full of very engaged learners um, in, in, in a TAP classroom, particularly uh, at, at the elementary level, well, at, at any level, I, I believe, um, where the teacher has Of, of a tab classroom working where you have the environment, you have introduced um, different kinds of centers, you, you introduce lots of different content, and the children are motivated for self-expression. It's so it's 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 so wonderful to see a classroom where all the kids are engaged. That's why my principal always brings guests by. I don't know if it happens to you, but whenever someone comes to visit the school, the principal is always bringing them by my classroom because it is alive. It's it shows authentic learning, and she probably can count on that as being demonstrated. She knows where there's you know engaged students. She knows where the action is. Exactly. We had some visitors from China stop over at our school China last it was last spring I think but uh, our visitors China they they love coming in the art room and um, uh, they love being in there they love looking at the room I was probably the most unusual room that they'd probably seen um, while they were uh, in the United States did you get an opportunity to talk to them uh, I don't know Chinese Oh, they didn't speak so. <laughs> so, but they were smiling and taking a lot of photographs, and uh, and that was the same way that uh, whenever uh, back in when I was teaching elementary, whenever we'd have a prospective family who would uh, be touring the school, like you said, Clark, our, our principal would, would walk them by the art room because more often than not, they were the visitor was going to see. Active boys and girls building at the block center. Uh, active children working on large-scale paintings and drawings, and uh, children doing uh, research and uh, you know, all kinds of learning in the art room. So, so yeah, the principal knows. You know, from an administrator standpoint, knowing that your kids really look forward to coming to art class, 
you have a school that has an art program that 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 not personalizes learning but makes it personal and where the kids are um, look forward to, to coming to this place where there's creativity in its purest form is being explored by the children what a wonderful learning I feel like every time I see you, I've had tacos. Tacos are good. <clears throat> we love tacos. Tacos are the tab food, right? I don't It could be. I don't know. <laughs> it could be tab food. You could have a, a taco buffet and just, you know, food of choice. I had tacos yesterday. Where did you have that? Qdoba? No. I Taco Bell? Taco Bell. Those aren't really real tacos. And did you have the I have the Doritos Locos tacos. <laughs> the best freaking things ever. Well, Especially the hot ones. Yeah, if you start having tacos with lots of you know, jalapenos on it, you know, the capsicum, the capsicum is really Jackie Reynolds from Indiana asks. Jackie is going to be observed by her principal, and she had a question about what steps she might take in order to have a successful observation uh, while uh, she's being, uh, while her administrator's in the room using the RISE observ teacher observation rubric and uh, evaluation structure? Well, that, that is a good question. Uh, thank you, Jackie, for that question. And um, Clyde, you want to talk about it? I can talk about it. I'm sure Katie would talk about it. Well, I, 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 you know, I think we could all chime in together. And But what I, I was thinking is that... Um, Preparation is everything. Knowing your principal is going to be uh, uh, recording your dialogue with, with the students, recording the dialogue of the lesson. Um, the fact that, that... I would definitely make sure that she told the principal, here's what you're going to see. Yes. And here's what you need to look for because there's going to be a lot going on. Right. And you know, there's going to be some pre-education for your principal. Yes, absolutely. And, and informing and educating your administrator that, you know, when you, when you come in to observe our TAP art program, you're going to see uh, di uh, diversified learning activities, differentiated instruction on my part, and children working on a multitude of art activities. So you should clarify that in your pre-evaluation notes with your principal. I know there's a, there's a, um, on your RISE uh, uh, 
revised evaluation uh, procedure, there's there's post there's pre notes and post notes and a pre pre um, meeting that you will have with your administrator. So you know, informing the administrator about what what they're going to see, I think, is important. Yeah. So I always taught, or I always teach a printmaking class. Uh-huh. Or do a printmaking demonstration because normally about this time is when I start introducing printmaking, and it's easy for me to sit down and write my five-minute lesson and go through and point to all the different standards, uh, um, and then printmaking is a great leave lesson to do for an observation. Right, because the kids, the high, there's a really high engagement. Yes. There's the magic of printmaking. When you're pulling print and you're doing a demonstration for the for the whole class, uh, especially jelly prints, because there's no really way to fail. I mean, uh, it's more process, but they do get a good looking product. But there's still a lot of process that goes. So, um, and they all want to do it. It's like. So do all the do they all do it? Do they all do printmaking that day, or is it one option of many still? Well, it's still one option of many. Okay. So, I I remember doing a, a printmaking lesson in front of uh, my elementary principal uh, years ago when I was teaching tap in my elementary program, and we were just doing doing mono prints on uh, on cookie sheets. And uh, you know, demonstrating uh, that to the to the young children, you always get the oohs and the ahs, and uh, that's always a big hit. Uh, so printmaking, and I can imagine jelly prints uh, are just as just as popular. You're not going to hit everything on that rubric during your lesson, right? On your class, and, and it would be silly for your principal to expect that. Um, and you're not going to hit all the standards either. Right. And, and I think what's important is, is uh, uh, communicating with, with students and uh, having dialogue with children and uh, uh, encouraging them while they're, engage, well, while they're participating in their individual art activities uh, and uh, creating a vibe, uh, in, in a positive vibe in the room. I think is important, and uh, having a positive culture, a culture of creativity, and uh, I think that's uh, that would uh, uh, parlay into a uh, successful observation. Katie, do you guys use the rise, or do you have something? We've adapted different? it as well. Um, a group of teachers um, was on a task force to adapt it in a way that we find a little more suitable, but. I've decided this year I'm going big. I'm doing ceramics for my evaluation. Uh, my students, this is only the second year they've been able to do it because of some nonsense with legal kiln stuff. So this is the second year I've been allowed to use my kiln. And so because of that, we are kind of baby stepping into this. And so my, I've decided my principal needs to see it. She needs to see what that entails. And so she, she's going to be there whenever... Uh, when they're wedging the clay and when they're rolling it out into slabs and getting ready to create their masterpiece. But she always starts the year with asking us which one of our 
rise standards we want her to focus on when she's in our classroom. So she always asks us, which one do you want me to really look closely for? And so I chose the one about students being part of generating learning goals. Um, and so my students always fill out a proposal where they, they come up with one skill goal uh -huh. and one mindset goal that they want to focus on during that WOW project. And so they've all, they all have a paper about what they're going to make with ceramics and like the different vocabulary and stuff we've talked about to prepare them for this pretty new art form that they're trying. And so having that paper there and the chaos of wedging and rolling and all that, so I'm hoping that she'll see that it's engaging, but it's also rigorous and that they are engaging in that um, the creation of their own learning goals rather than putting that I can statement up on the board uh -huh. that people talk about. I, I have no interest in doing that and I'm lucky to be in a district where it is a choice. Uh, but my students are making those. And so th when the principal's walking around, she can see what it is that they're working toward and s see where they're at in that process and talk to them about it. And so that I'm hoping that works out for me this year. Awesome. That having kids be a part of design of their learning goals is one of the most important things that could happen in school and here oh, it is absolutely. happening hap, here it is happening in your art art room in your art program which is a tab art program so the and that's hitting off the first three national standards and if you're an art teacher in the state of Indiana it's part of the first three uh, standards uh, in the state of Indiana also so, you know, having, having kids be co-designers of the curriculum, how incredibly important is that? It's really, it's very important, especially from the student's point of view, because school has become such a drag to a lot of kids. Oh, there's no question. That, you know, and that's, you know, one of the things as far as the power of have and choice is when you involve the students in their learning then they become shareholders in that and then they take a larger responsibility and as trust grows between you and your students uh, then their learning grows exponentially and, and, and it's more meaningful to them oh absolutely and and so you know what you know that that's the the uh, the job of the regular classroom teacher is immense because they've got, they have to, uh, they've got all these mandates and uh, curriculum content that uh, they have to cover because of standardized testing. And so it's it's difficult to, I, uh, you know, I, I believe it's difficult for classroom teachers to, uh, to create a constant, meaningful learning experience for kids all this content that uh, may be irrelevant in the child's life and in their emotional realm. So, but with the case of a tab art teacher, we have uh, much more uh, freedom and, and uh, leeway to, uh, to, to create meaning making for kids with their art activities. Well, we've come to the end of another episode of the Blocks, Paper, Scissors podcast. But before we leave, I'd like to remind you that if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, send us an email at seagaw at blockspaperscissors.com. 
You can also record your question on a mobile device and send it to Clyde as well. Special thank you to Katie Bonilla for being our first guest on our podcast and for driving us to Ball State. Thank you all for listening to the Blocks Paper Scissors podcast.